If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this episode of Mind Pump, for the first 30 minutes, we have some fun conversation. We talk about... If Justin was peanut butter, would he be chunky or would he be smooth? <laughs> I think we know the answer I'm to that. Hybrid. <laughs> what kind of toothpaste? I would we taste use. delicious. I know that. Uh, we talk about how our childhood influences our purchases as adults. Yeah. How much money have you wasted? Find out why Adam has too much. R- remote control cars in his shed. <laughs> yeah. And we talk about my visit to the Russian nude spa. Spa or is it a bathhouse? Sounds sexy. It was a good time. Is it a brothel or was it a spa? And it's co-ed. Uh, and we also mentioned Thrive Market, one of our sponsors. If you go to thrivemarket.com forward slash mind pump, you get $20 off the first three orders of $49 or more plus free shipping and one month free membership. Basically, you get everything and you lose nothing. It's awesome. Yeah. And then we get to the questions. The first question was, what are our thoughts on active recovery days versus full rest days? Should you move? Does that make you recover faster or should you lay down in bed? Lay down on your fat ass. And watch TV all day long. The second question was, Olympic lifting shoes. Why are they so popular? Are they just are people just trying to lie themselves about their ankle mobility? Or are you just trying to look cool? Exactly. The next question was, what are our thoughts on sexual fitness? Luckily, we have Justin here, <laughs> our our local thousand the Kegel, thrusters, the Kegel expert, our expert on sexual fitness, <laughs> and he uh, unfortunately you can't can watch the bowling ball his demonstrations, but he does show us. Uh, What's it called? Jelking? (laughs) The final question. (laughs) If we had the choice of being on a reality TV show, which one would we choose? Oh, God. Don't forget, too, I want to make sure that we thank our Organifi sponsorship, one of our favorite sponsors that we've had for quite some time now. Love Shauna. Love Drew. Love the team over there. If you guys have not tried their green juice, it's a must. Go try their green juice. It's at OrganifiShop.com. Use the discount code MINDPUMP and you get 20% off. Awesome. Uh, And also, uh, this month, uh, of course, we have our fitness programs, but one of the ones that we like to highlight this month is our Sexy Athlete Bundle. This is a program or bundle that includes both MAPS Aesthetic and MAPS Performance, two programs that seemingly exist on separate ends of the spectrum. On one hand, you have one that focuses on looks. Uh, It's for stage presentation athletes, bodybuilders, bikini competitors. On the other end of the spectrum, we have MAPS Performance, which is for athletes. It's for people who just want to perform better on the field or who just like that functional type of strength. What we did is we took both programs, we included a modification and combined the two so that you can get the best of both worlds. You can perform like an athlete and look like a stage presentation athlete. Uh, And it depends on which one you prefer more. The mod lets you train more like an athlete or more like uh, a bodybuilder or bikini competitor. Combine the two, amazing results. It's the Sexy Athlete Bundle. It's available at mindpumpmedia.com. T-shirt time. Oh, who are we giving? Hey, how do we do Fly on reviews this week, Doug? 11 reviews. Okay, not That's too bad. <laughs> terrible. So we're going to give out three shirts. Uh, first up is I am me, Madison Fit Girl, Trent Hart 22. All of you are winners. Send the name I just read to iTunes at mindpumpmedia.com. Your shirt size, your shipping address, and we'll get that right out to you. Congratulations! Are you a are you a, a chunky peanut butter? Or are you a smooth guy? Yeah, I'm a smooth guy, bro. Were you ever chunky? Don't lie either. I mean, I I did it out of necessity. Like that was my only option. If I you were, if you were a peanut butter, was, you would have chunks in it, though. 
Like if you, yeah, if like I embodied, yeah, the peanut if butter, we had a jar of, you would Justin, be smooth, and I would have, I would have, I would be the one that like has all the oil at the top. No, know? that's all yeah, natural. That's sound. That's, that's sound. That's, that's me, bro. That's sound. What do you say? I'm more like Jiff. You're, you're kind of chunky, oh, dude. On, man. You'd be, be chunky Jiff. That's you're just chunky Jif. <laughs> I'm smooth. Adam, and, Adam, and, uh, would, Adam would be the low fat, high protein one. Uh, <laughs> like, I would have chocolate mixed in. No, yeah. As I say, I would. I'm the jam in the. I'd be like, I'd be like slightly hazelnut, dude. You know, it cracks me up that they actually sell peanut butter with jelly in it, like in the jars. Dude, this is how lazy motherfuckers are getting nowadays. This is. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you know what I saw the other day that yeah. apparently exists? Well, it looks more organic. That have way. you guys seen this? So maybe you probably haven't because you don't have kids. I know Justin has. They actually sell at the grocery store in the refrigerated section, made and packaged. Uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Yeah, yeah, wait, wait. In that. packages? Like Smuckers makes a fucking sandwich. Man. It's in a plastic wrapper. Dude, people love those. You buy it people and it's love, made already. People love those. That's the those. easiest sandwich to make. It's not even... It's not. It's what I'm saying. What? Like, what's, what? What's that's how lazy? Doesn't, that doesn't how make sense. That's how lazy the world. How is artificial gotten. is it? Do you like, remember? Fake? You guys remember Goobers? Remember that? It was a Goobers? mix. Yeah. yeah, it was a mix of peanut butter and then it was like jelly, like in the same can. It looked, you know what it and looked it was like? like? There was like stripes. Yes. You know what it looked like? It was goobers. It looked like, what's that toothpaste with stripes? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, 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 Aquafresh. It's like Aquafresh, but yeah. it's in a jar and it's peanut My butter. My girl's in Aqu- what is you? What, do you, what are the peanut butter? What, I mean, what's the, what is the toothpaste relationship you guys have with your ladies? What do you mean? What do they uh, use and what do you use? Oh, we both use the same. We what? both use the, the Tom's fucking, you uh, know. I use the Tom's. Yeah, baking soda use, and, you I know. I use Crest, man. Yeah. So I was I'm a Crest. I was a Crest guy my entire. So does your wife use Crest too? She uses it too. So Katrina and I don't share toothpaste. Oh, really? Yeah, not because like we wouldn't share. She does I don't like her. She, she's gr- she grew up on Aquafresh and I do not like Aquafresh. <laughs> it's like way overpowering like flavor minty shit in your mouth. I don't like that. Oh, yeah. I'm, guys, a, I'm, you, a, I'm a I'm a Tom's Tom's guy. Oh, there you go. So we yeah. have wherever we go like we have Tom's, Tom's and we have Aquafresh. Good. Like I and her tube like makes a mess and she used to blame it on me all the time like you leave, you make up, you make the tube a mess. Da, da, da. I'm like, that's not me. It's your stupid Aquafresh. Like, look at my Tom's tube. Look how smooth and how nice it looks. When I was a kid, all I wanted was Aquafresh, and I never got it. My mom never bought it because I think it's expensive. But I always wanted it because, <laughs> yeah, like 25 cents more. That's such a sad story. <laughs> when you're, that is such a sad story. You know that reminds me of that reminds me of my story. I, I brushed my teeth with with uh, a, with a bristle made of horse hairs. Yeah. Okay, so that reminds I me feel of something. Like you'd have a gold toothbrush. By How this many point. things do you guys have as adults? I'll give you an example of something that I do that's a little absurd that I know stems from childhood, like that right there, right? So like maybe your mom wouldn't spend 25 more cents on a brand you want, so you overdo it with that brand. You have like 10 of them in your house. <laughs> so I do this with air conditioning because we grew up poor uh, and we can yeah. never run the AC. So Old people are crazy with that shit. Oh, my, no, my dad would like literally as kids, he would come in and we'd get screamed at, dude. Like, yeah. who touched the thermostat? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I set it at 72.5. <laughs> it's at 71 and a half. I know one of you kids did it. You're all grounded. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Like, that was like, you that was great. cost us 15 more dollars. And I'm in my room like sweating my dick off, dude. Like, literally. So as an adult. Is that why you like it so oh, fucking cold that's, everywhere? So you wonder why that is, that it stems from childhood. So I'll never forget the very first condo. I was 17 years old when I moved out in my first apartment. And it was awesome because it was an apartment. So getting it cold was easy. We kept that thing at like 49 degrees. <laughs> you would come in in the middle of <laughs> summer, 105 outside, walk in my condo and see your breath. Like that's how I, <laughs> and I kept it that way all the time. And it was like, I don't know. I paid probably, 
in that little condo back then, back in the you know early 2000s, I think I was paying maybe ninety to a hundred dollars a month in air yeah, conditioning. Who cares? I was that's I was like fuck that, run that shit twenty four seven. Nobody we would be gone for two days. Doesn't matter. That shit stays cold. Like, <laughs> yeah, just and I know that like I know someone's like that's so wasteful and that's re- uh, but you know what it comes from me as a kid and my dad fucking with me with the the AC. So that's like one of my things. You guys have something like that? I don't that have like, really anything like that because as much as I liked Aquafesh or I wanted Aquafesh, now I know all the bullshit that's in them so I won't use it. But if I didn't, I probably would. I see what you're saying. I probably would buy Aquafesh toothpaste like crazy. Well, dude, Actually, I'm, it's not toothpaste. It's tooth gel. I'm yeah. sorry. Let me I think myself. it's... A f- Along those lines, it was like uh, the hand-me-down stuff for me. Like I would get, I would ask for a snowboard or something like that for Christmas, and I would end up getting this like, <laughs> like your the, brother, the very first your one that was ever made. Your like brother's wrapped snowboard yeah, for Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's either that. Seriously though, I told I told you guys one time. My like my parents gave me uh, like a, I wanted like a camera. They gave me like like the old camera that like could only see green. You know, like, like <laughs> it was fucked up. Like you could only see green out of it, you know, and like they didn't ever got it fixed. And so they like wrapped it up and gave it to me. It was uh, used. Yeah. They I wrapped did. you up a used gift. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And like the snowboard too. It was like, it like faded away. It used to be red. So now it was like pink and like purple and like, you know, with like some shitty, like, did like you, bright green color. Did you ever get a gift as a kid where you remember kind of throwing a tantrum or being a little bitch about it? Like that uh, you yeah. got it. You I was right? pissed. Ungrateful. Do you ever remember being ungrateful for a gift? I don't remember how old I was. When did this, the, the NES system first come out? The first uh, Nintendo. Very first Nintendo? Yeah. 1987, something like that? Not Nine? even that. I think, I it, think was it was 89, maybe. 89. No, no, no. I, I like Justin's 87. 87 I would guess 85 uh, even. Google Let me knows. see. Let me look it up right now yeah. because I- uh, Doug used to do this for us. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Doug Taylor is, doesn't know how to do that yet. Great. Okay. It <laughs> came <laughs> out- to our conversation. Oh, 1985. <laughs> You're right. 1985. <laughs> Boom. So, ni- oh, wow. so this must have been- this was later, so I think this because the NES dominated. You for see a while. how I was right, and he just grazed right over oh, that. Right, you're right. There. and then we're gonna go if, into if other he was topics. right again on a Google yeah. search yeah. right there, we would have made a whole episode <laughs> around right, it. Right, motherfucker! He just grazed right yeah. over. No, it. no, Adam, Adam was right. Yeah. So uh, I was. I think you, I'll give that one to you. <laughs> Moving right. on. Sold, save that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, when it right, right up because when it came out, it was it was like the shit for like five years. There was oh, nobody. Yeah, what else did you have? Atari. Like, yeah, there was on, nothing. Get out of here. So I must have been like nine, which yeah. is later on. So it's probably 1987 or something like that. So I turned nine, and for my birthday, my parents got me like clothes or something like that, and I was like fucking destroyed because I wanted Nintendo, and uh, my parents are like, no, it's too expensive. Oh uh, yeah. Because it cost back then it was like 150 dollars back in like 1987, which there's a lot of money to spend on your kid yeah. back then. Nowadays, people spend thousands of dollars on their kids for gifts. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, if my parents spent over $50, I was like, oh my God, I hope we can afford the mortgage. Like That's how big of a deal I thought it was, right? Right, right. So, so I cried. I threw a fucking... I, I didn't throw a tantrum because I wasn't that kind of a kid, Yeah. but I definitely cried quietly. Oh, I cried. Yeah. I, there was the time... My, and my dad, my dad took me. I will never forget. He saw me kind of turn around and whatever and then cry and then they came and probed me like, what's the matter? Tell me what's wrong. And then I, I don't want to tell them because I don't want to be ungrateful. And they had to like pull it out of me and I'm like, I really wanted a Nintendo. And then my, my mom's like, well, we told you it's too much money. It's like, I know. I just thought you guys were going to get it for me, but you didn't. And I'm like, it's okay. I felt really bad for crying, right? So my dad, like, I hear him grab his keys and he goes, let's go. I'm like, what? And he goes, we're going to go get you a Nintendo. And I was like, yay. <laughs> I 
<laughs> he drove me that second to the Toys R Us. Oh, really? Wow. And bought me a fucking Nintendo. That's pretty cool. Oh, and I was wow. like, whoa. And then I realized, like, I sh- why have I not cried for more stuff? <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe how pa- Maybe that's, that's why it was so powerful. I didn't my, so my grandma was the one it. who got the nice gifts, right? So every Christmas, uh, it was grandma's gift that we all were excited to open up because she spoiled all of us kids, right? My parents didn't quite have the funds to do that type of stuff. So if I ever got a Nintendo, a Game Boy, or anything like that, well, this was, I was really young here. So I'm like fourth grade. And I remember my buddy got one of those gas powered remote control cars that, oh, you know, shit. that'll do like 60 miles an hour. Like they are badass, right? Yeah. It's like a three, $500 remote control car. So I put on my wish list, like I wanted a remote control car. And and I remember the box. Like the DNG. I remember the ones. I remember yeah. the box. Right? They were so awesome. My my grandma and I was certain she got it. Like and and so I opened it. And she saved it for last. Like, oh, it's this this you know they always save the big yeah, gift for last one. right behind the tree. You know, get it in its shape just like. And I open it up, and it's a remote control car, but it's the one where the string is still attached to the car. Oh, it's like a twenty dollars. Uh, it's a like, shit one. Oh, it's yeah. shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dude, I was such a little. Or the, sh- where you just the way you turn is you back up and it automatically turns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I was such a little shit. I, I remember like just ungrateful. Oh, so ungrateful. I was angry. I remember being like angry. <laughs> like, I, why would you give me this? Like, I'm like, I'm not two. You know, it's like for it's on the side of it. It says for four to six years old. Like, you know, I'm not four to six years old. I'm like twelve. You know? Oh my god, I'm an adult right now. That's Dude, I got that. I remember the grateful remember the Tyco ones. They were Tyco and they were fast and uh-huh. they they were pretty fucking quick. And I had uh, I had Big Bubba, which was the truck. I don't know if you guys remember this. It was a truck with yeah, four wheel drive. The name. Yeah. Big Bubba, and then I had. I don't remember what the other one was called. It was like a grave digger turbo or, or something like that. It was a, it was like a little doom buggy. Oh, okay. It went hella fast. Yeah. Those were good times, man. I didn't ever have. Yeah, you didn't have remote control no, cars. I, I I had like shitty ones always, and I was like, Ugh. I was never like like interested because I wanted the gas powered ones, like you're talking. about. I can't dude. believe you guys weren't like me. Like, okay, so if you go through this, is really a sad story in a sense. So I have a I have a garage or a storage in my behind my house that's full of these things. They're all childhood issues that I had. Like <laughs> I have a yeah. fucking seven hundred dollar fucking remote control car that's got all the bells and whistles. Wait, wait, you, you bought got a quad in your living room? Oh, yeah. An adult? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Hundred percent, and I drove the fuck out of it for like two weeks, and then now it's in some plastic case, like up in the attic somewhere. I have a ton of stuff like this. Like that's so just the shit you want that you. Oh, get. I, bro, what do you think? What do you think my ATV represents? Like that was like as a <laughs> yeah, kid, yeah. all I ever wanted was an ATV, and I knew that we, our parents could not afford a seven thousand dollar fucking ATV. So I have one, and it looks yeah. like a coffee table inside my dining room. It is, it does, I haven't driven it in years, but I got it, dude, and it's badass. You know what I'm saying? So I have all kinds of like things like oh. that, wakeboards and snowboards and things that, as a kid, I always wanted and my friends had, and I got to use or I got to play with, but I never had. As an adult, I own them all, and yeah. I don't fucking use them all. So, I, so used to, I had a problem as a kid. This is what I did now. I Because I would work you know, summers with my dad or whatever, I would have have some money and I would buy this. Here's just what I used to do. I used to buy things and never use them as a kid. And you know what I would get closed on when I was a kid? Mm. Infomercials. I would 13, 14 years old. I'd watch an infomercial. And if it was a, you bought sea monkeys. If no, not the stupid stuff. It was always the dude. I'll tell you what's I know. Make consistency of sea monkeys. I'll make you some uh, batch. I was, I would always fall for the get rich 
fucking programs on the infomercials. So when I, <laughs> as an adult, no, no oh. when I was 14, what? 13, 14, 15. So I own Don LaPree's fucking get rich quick, tiny ads in all these newspapers. Just oh place your time. Basically the beginning of sales funnels, but done through. Okay. Bro, I got, so, okay. I, I got bamboozled one time. Right. So you remember the whole like uh, dot com thing, right? So the dot com was like valuable. They they had all these like uh, radio commercials and everything saying that like, oh, this is the new, um, you know, sort of like you could you could buy like a domain name and it's gonna make you all this money, oh, shit, right? Yeah. Because like if you own it, you know, and a there's all these stories. It. Yeah, there's all yeah. these stories. These big companies that bought back uh, in the, the domains yeah. and you parked it, and so they have to buy you for the domain, and so. <laughs> Like this is further down the line. Everybody has all the so, good do- domains. So what do you do? Right? You own like so fifty. Domains? I own like I own like three. They're all like Star Wars domains. Like one of them was like like Star Wars Memorabilia dot com. I was like, oh, that's gonna be a hit right there. Like, oh yeah, it makes so much money. Gold mine. You know what I mean? And then I just kept going down this ridiculous like thought process. Like, dude, oh, did you rebel buy- Rebel Alliance? You know, dot net. You know. <laughs> It was like so bad, dude. I've spent so much shitty money on this. Oh, it was like hundreds been, of dollars. <laughs> you fucking like parked I just, in all these oh, domains. I smacked myself in my in, in my face, <laughs> like thinking about it. So I don't know how far you are in the dot com secrets book, but Russell Brunson. So what inspired him to do what he does now today? Yes, is I know. He used to buy and get. Uh, he used to anything that Don Lapree. It's yeah. the same fucking course I yes, bought, yes. which is why it spurred my memory. Okay, I was going to say I bought Don Lapree's course. I bought uh, Tom Vu. Do you guys remember Tom Vu? I don't. So he was that, like, he would. He was a little Asian dude. He'd be on a yacht with, like, five taller than him, blonde, <laughs> like, bimbo-looking women. And he'd be like, you want to be rich like me, Tom Vu? Look at me, beautiful yeah. women, big yacht. I make big money. I come to this country poor. And he wrote like that Wolf of Wall Street. And he had, like, these, he had, like, these big gold chains. Yeah. And he would talk about how he made all this money <laughs> by his course you know, I used to uh, eat, now. You know, I used to eat. You know, baklao. Now he's taking potato. Like he would talk like that. Like tell you all the things that he. Oh, that's great. And how he made all his money. He ended up going to jail because <laughs> he was like ripping people off. Oh, really? But I bought his course. I bought Don Laprie's course, and I forgot. I think I bought another course. And I'd buy these courses and I'd open them, and they'd be like, "This is stupid," and then I'd never do them. And I have like, I gotta find them. I know I have yeah. them somewhere. Do you really? Wow. I guarantee it. My, I remember my parents going through all the, the real estate yeah. ones when real estate was like Fuck. booming and shit like that. And everybody was making money off of real estate. They bought all those fucking $4,000, $5,000 courses <laughs> online. Dude, the people were like around the like late 80s, early 90s. Because we had the huge real estate boom in the 80s, right? Yeah, so yeah. it was right after that, like everybody was getting rich doing real estate. So everybody and their mother that made $10 million on real estate wrote a book yeah. and sold an online program. My parents must have bought three or four of those for sure. I remember them all going through it and being like, what? What do you guys know that about real exists. estate? That still exists. Oh, yeah, no, it's like, definitely- it's big business. Bro, this is how you know a market is about to- drop is when all of a sudden you see all these courses on how to make yeah. money in that market. So yeah, this that's was, when you know it's shit. No, I, okay. So this is my, Flip this house, I a hundred percent agree with that. And it's, you know, timing is everything in business. This is why I, I kind of, when people ask me now about the cannabis industry, I, th- I think it's too late. I think you're the yeah, big I, players now. Yeah. yeah every, and everybody thinks like, no, this, and I have a friend that, yeah, okay, well, cool. There's still always exceptions to rule and absolutely there's still money it's to be made, now. but it's way harder now. And it's, 
and the big big companies are going to come in. It's and those that are making smash. decent money right now. It's short lived. Mm-hmm. You got to get on those things early when they're either sketchy or nobody wants to do them. And like you got to believe, and that's where the direction is going. Not after everybody's made tens of millions mm-hmm. of dollars and you've mm-hmm. heard it fucking ten times. Finally, mm-hmm. like yeah, yeah, dude, everybody's Too done late. it now and made a bunch of money. Not so now. I got to tell you guys you what end I did up with RebelAlliance.net. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Turn that into a, a porn site if you want. How long I did should. you? How long did you keep the domains oh going God, for? Like a year, probably. Yeah. And then I was just like, oh my god, this is so stupid. So I almost bought a bunch of domain na- domain names, and I almost I tried to make them porn because I thought, well, porn is huge. So I, I'm sure. not, yeah, I'm not even sure. mention the ones I came up with. Yeah, and I did own them for a second. You know what? I know there's a stat. I would love to see the stat for how many business licenses were registered at at, at City Hall and then never ever made a dollar that year. Oh my god! I think that's where a lot of the stats come from. That like, why do you that, think they want you to buy a fucking license? Yeah, it's because it's just they're e- just making money. Oh, it's yeah. it, it's an so easy hundred and fifty to two hundred dollars, whatever it is now, to get to do that. It's just like everybody their idea. They're like, oh, that's a it's great a, idea. It's a fucking racket. Go down. That's the first thing I do. Go get yeah. a license. Like, go get my my business license. Now I got to get a trademark and then I get a patent. And, <laughs> no, you, you don't. Know, oh my god, it's you know sixty thousand dollars. No, you know what? And you start an online business. You don't need a bit. Bu- you don't get a business license. Where do you fucking? Where do you license? It. Yeah, it's in the ether. Right, you know it's I mean? pretty. It's pretty funny uh, to. I wonder how many of those though actually don't like if, if, with the percentages. I know yeah. it's pretty high that how many people just register and never do mm. anything about it. So I got to tell you guys what I did this weekend. What did you do? Yeah. So <laughs> I saw you were at. Uh, I saw you got to pick a, a beautiful steak and you ate like incredible dinner. Somewhere. Oh yeah, no that that's that's cool. That's not what I was going to talk about, but that's cool. Yeah, we ate we ate at Alexander Steakhouse. Which have you guys eaten at Alexander's? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh Tasty my. God. That's where you were at. That's where I was ah. at for the. Uh, so it's super expensive. This one right here downtown. The one on uh, Cupertino in Cupertino. Oh, mm-hmm. we have one downtown. So super expensive, but incredible, incredible food. Um, the steak is just uh, to die for. Appetizers, everything's amazing. It's Kobe steak. Great, right? yeah, it's great yeah. restaurant, all that stuff. Great, but that's not what I was going to talk about. I found a uh, Russian style spa. Oh my god. That's uh, coed, clothing optional. You went? Yes, I did. You and the girl went? We did. And you guys nude? Like, naked. No so, way. Uh, yeah, so it's in San Francisco. So I'm already like, huh? Yeah. Uh, so it's in San Francisco. It's called uh, Archimedes Banya, I think was the name of it. So we go there, and my brother's been there. My brother's like, oh, it's fucking cool, dude. He's like, it's got, uh, what is it, sauna, steam room, jacuzzi, cold dip. He's like... It's pretty awesome. So I go on their site, and their website's kind of crappy. So I'm a little bit like, I don't know. But there's, it talks about what they have, and they have like this deck on the top where you can sunbathe naked, and it's clothing optional, right? And there's areas where you have to put on clothes, like if you go to the cafe or whatever. So I'm like, okay, so let's go check this out. So we drive up there, and it's not, it's not like a sketchy part of San Francisco, but it's not like a great part. So I'm already a little bit like, hmm, what's what's going to happen here? Well, yeah. And when you walk in, it, uh, it's got an, an interesting feel because there's like a front desk and it's separate from everything else. And I, it's all, you know what it gives me the feel of when I walked in? You know when you go, remember like the old school cannabis clubs when you walk in and you can tell the front desk is almost there to screen yeah. who's coming in and who's not. So yeah, I'm like, yeah. so I'm, my guard's up a little bit. Plus, I'm with my girl. My girl's hot. So I'm like, okay, if I go in here and it's weird, we're going to take off because I'm a little bit, right? So we go in there. you guys are here for the gangbang. Exactly. (laughs) Excellent. So so we go in there and yeah, you know, sure enough, we, you know, and and I told my girl, I'm like, do you want to wear bathing suits? Like just to be, and she's like, no, fuck it. Let's go naked. I'm like, all right. So we go in there, we walk around and sure enough, 
because we got there early, there's like five dudes in there. There's nobody else than five dudes, <laughs> all right? Dudes, yeah, of course. yeah. So it's all guys, and they're just kind of walking around naked, and nobody's really. And I'm kind of on guard. I'm already thinking like, what are they going? Are they staring at my girl? On like, guard, what's going on? But right? Naked. But no, everybody was cool. And as we hung out there, 40 minutes later or so, then women started popping up and coming in and. It's legit a fucking spa. That's that's okay. So, there's no, there's no, there was no weirdness. At least when I went. Did you before you? Because you knew you were gonna do this. Yeah. Did you take care of your business? What do you mean? Did you like line your shit up? Dude? Line up my yeah, stuff. Yeah. 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 Um, or were you just out there like fucking out dress of control? Up the main. Yeah. Where you weren't even lined up. Um. Yeah. I so I I keep myself. What do you go with? Relatively lined kind of up. The, the triangle. Relatively yeah. lined up. Yeah. Like I'm not. I'm what not. The fuck does that mean? I don't like. I don't go. I don't use like a number one and shave the fuck. Yeah, I know, but you like a haircut. Like, you, yeah. I mean, you don't yeah, shave yeah, your yeah, head yeah. bald, but yeah, yeah. I mean, you get a haircut. Yeah, yeah, Did you yeah, get yeah. a haircut before you went there? Kind of, because it's always I mean, like kind of. Oh, well, because like a I month did that be- anyway. Yeah, like a month before. I think yeah. like last week I did. You know what I mean? If I recall, a little hedging. Okay. Yeah, a little so hedging I was good, because I feel like if I'm gonna go do that, I'm gonna put my business out there all over the place. Like I'm gonna yeah. get a haircut. Well, bro, yeah. it's so it's it's a weird experience. I'm gonna line my shit up before I go out there because I don't know. First of all, it's create the trail. First of all, it's extremely freeing to just walk around naked around people i don't know what it is about that but it's just Hmm. pretty cool but number two within a short period of time within 30 minutes you realize how not big of a deal it is like at first you're like oh my god dude fucking that girl's i just saw that girl's vagina she's got her titties out the dude's dick's hanging out but about 30 minutes later it's not really a big fucking deal like everybody's just whatever Fat people, skinny people, fit so what, people, young it, people. Is it like this big, like steam, like room, or, or like what does it look like? So you walk in, and then you go to your locker area. You change, come, and they give you a robe and they give you a towel. The areas that require clothing, you need to wear your robe. Everything else, you can just be buck ass naked. You need to sit on towels all the time, right? They don't want you sitting, you know, balls on, yeah, stuff. Yeah, you don't want things crawling. Anyways. Exactly. Yeah. So you, you you use the towel, sit down, but. So when you walk in, there's uh, there's like a sauna. There's two saunas. One has different levels, so you can climb up to the top level, and it's hot as fuck in that yeah. one. One of the hottest saunas I've ever been in. Climb up like you're going up ladders naked. No, so so it's like like Whoa. you can sit. There's benches at the bottom, uh, and then there's another level, oh, okay, and you. then at the okay. top there's gotcha, a top gotcha, level, gotcha. and the top is the the hottest. Um, there's a cold dip, so it's just a. It's not nearly as nice as the place up refuge. in refuge. No, refuge is cl- is like super nice. This looks like it's been around for a little while. It's not bad, but it's not super nice. It's more of a run-of-the-mill kind of spa. Now, knowing all that and that you've experienced, because I'm a huge fan of Refuge. That's like Katrina and I's spot for sure, because I don't, I haven't found anywhere that I like better. Mm-hmm. Do you? Would you go back to this place, or is it just like an experience you did? Here's it? Like here's why I would go back. Oh, you for, would. No, it's not because I'm like, oh my god, like Refuge is way better. I don't care if I'm, you know, I'd, I'd rather go to refuge and wear a bathing suit. Right. Because the atmosphere. To be just naked to be naked. But if, but the reason why I would go back to this other place is the naked, the naked experience. Really, I'm telling you, there's something, something about walking around naked with other with so random I, people so I've and d- nobody tripping. You know? I, I've been to places like this, but at my experience- um, You want to go, Justin? Other than Vegas- Oh, was you, man. <laughs> so I've been, to yeah. a, I've been to a few topless and nude pools and the only places that I've, and, and spas like this where- the only place that I, I feel like there's been good-looking people that are actually naked is in Vegas. Otherwise, it's like... So what do you mean? So this was a full nude pool party? Yeah. Or they, was it they full have those, nude? Yeah, they have, those in, they have those in Vegas. I thought it was just topless. What? No, they have topless ones too. So you went to a full nude one? So I've been to full nude beaches. I've been to pools. Yeah, I've yeah. been... Yeah, and every time I've been to one of these, they're always... 
Nobody yeah. you really want to look yeah, at. That's, what I, that's been my experience. Yeah, yeah all it, the beaches. And of course, like, you're not there. I know someone's going, well, you're not there for that. You know, you're not there to be looking at other people naked. And I get it. It's supposed to be freeing. And, and I guarantee you people are there for that. Yeah. There's some people that are there. Right, for that. Well, yeah, right. And I uh, and I don't know. It's like uh, it's still scenery. No so the people, the people that were there were kind of average, but there were a lot of younger people. Like I saw quite a few people in their 20s and 30s. Oh, wow. And there were a couple people that looked like they work out. So that, that, now we definitely stood out because we're like the fitness whatever, but it also wasn't super busy because we went right when they opened, which was like it was 10 a.m. on a what is it a Saturday or something like that that we went. Mm. So food there, you said there's a cafe there. We too. didn't eat anything there. So here's what we did: we went in, we did the the we did the saunas, we did the steams, we did the cold dip a bunch of times. Then we went up to the very top, and then we we sunbathed naked. You did a cold dip completely naked. Yeah, I did. Wow, <laughs> did your shit like shrinkage? <laughs> you know what? Um, I don't I don't know if it did or not. Or did the penis pump help? Yeah, that's what. I, no, I, it, yeah. I don't I don't think it. I don't he think countered it, that. Yeah. he's like, I'm gonna pump this shit before I go. Before in I there. go out there. Yeah. No, you know what my fear would be going into one of these things. So you think to yourself, initially as a man, you're like, oh man, what if I what if I get shrinkage because I'm in the water? No, reality is, you know what you really probably fear is. What if you get a boner? What if you get an erection? What if you see a, a, an attractive yeah. woman? Well, the 17-year-old version bad. of me would definitely be afraid of that. Yeah. Well, I mean, even think about this. You're with your girl. She's naked, so you get to see her naked. <laughs> then she's comfortable being naked around strangers and all that stuff. That, 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 might try, that might cause something to happen. Were you worried about that? Was I worried about it? Yeah. For a split second, I was like, what if that happens? Then what? Everybody knows I'm the pervert. <laughs> when did you realize that went away? That that wasn't going to happen? Yeah. I just was comfortable. Yeah, you know, because at first you're kind of awkward, mm. but then you're then it's like not a big deal. You know what my other fear was? My other fear was running into someone I knew, because being naked around strangers <laughs> is not a problem. If I walked in there oh, yeah. and I'm nude, and all of a sudden I see like, you know, fucking family member or friend oh, or something, right, right. I don't. Then think I'd that, be like, oh, that's I had what, that see, one I time I was at a strip club. I saw some guy I knew, and I was like, ah, oh really? <laughs> yeah, that was awkward. That has got to be awkward it's for very sure. Awkward. See, I don't know if I could go do that with you because we sit here all day long and look at each other and talk to each other on the radio. I don't think we could. Fuck, I don't think I could see you hang out with you naked. That's the thing. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't be able to go with people I know. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Because I like to keep that a mystery. Yeah, that would be. You know what I mean? <laughs> because what's going to happen? The here's what'll happen. At the end of that trip, where someone's going to have bragging rights, and I'd rather keep it a mystery. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's one thing to be with your buddy, and your buddy be like, "I got a bigger dick than you." Uh, it's another thing for them to know that they have a bigger dick and say that. I see. Because then you're like, "Fuck, man." I you're see. right. You know what I'm saying? Better keep your cards to yourself, <laughs> yeah, there, sir. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Oh, you ready for the bird? Yeah. Bring on the bird. Bring on the bird. Uh, this quaz brought to you by Organifi. For those days you fall short on getting your organic veggies or whole food nutrition, Organifi fills the gap with laboratory-tested certified organic superfoods to help give your health and performance the added edge. Try Organifi totally risk-free for 60 days by going to Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com. And use the coupon code MINDPUMP for 20% off at checkout. I think we should you, let the audience you. know we have a guest producer here today yeah taylor the backup producer valenzuela yeah. <laughs> well i want to i want to give a shout out to doug doug actually went to up to seattle uh his father passed away so we went up there for uh the service and everything so love goes out to doug and his family yep and uh now we got and a, and a big thank you i know that we've had quite a few people on the forum that reached out to him and, and sent their love appreciate that you guys uh you know everyone knows that uh, this place uh, doesn't run without doug and he is our he is our rock, and having sure. him out right Backbone now for sure. is, is tough. Taylor's subbing in, though, right now. No pressure. 
First question <laughs> from Kionya Kana. You're doing it wrong, Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Read the question. Kiona Kana. Kiona Kana. What are your thoughts on active recovery days versus full rest days? So, uh, great question. Mm. We usually advocate for active recovery days. However, full rest days have definitely have their place. So real quick, I'm going to kind of decipher between the two of them. A full rest day is when you're literally do nothing. So I worked out hard yesterday. I just ran a marathon, you know, whatever. Today, I'm going to just put my feet up. I'm going to watch TV or I'm going to get a massage or I'm just going to literally do nothing that has to do with fitness whatsoever. The benefit of that or the way you would use those is when you have seriously overreached, when you've really pushed yourself to a point where you need to do nothing. Mentally and physically. Yeah, you, where, where that's that's going to benefit you more than anything to do nothing. And rarely do I advocate for full rest days, uh, but I do, especially after competitions. Like if oh, I, there you go. Yeah, if there's like a like – a, like Melissa just competed, right, mm-hmm. in her uh, bikini competition, which shout out to her. She got second uh, in the Open great job but for something like that i'd be like okay don't exercise yeah. at all for a couple days at least or if you just did a marathon or you just did oh you just something had a football game i used to do that sundays i mean i yeah. there's no way you're gonna get me like up and about after like all that damage from right. from the game so right yeah. active recovery is when you're doing something to uh facilitate recovery or to amplify an adaptation signal that you may have sent the day before now, I like active recovery days for the most part because they you can do a lot of stuff on an active recovery day. So let's use Melissa for, as an example again. She just finished a competition. She could do a full rest day and that would be beneficial. An active recovery day might help her too, but it would be super low intensity stretching. You know, stretching could be that. That could be an active recovery day. Yeah, I, I want to move away from her as an example because I think she's a bad example for this because – she doesn't really work out three days going into that. And most of the stress that she's going through is nutritionally. And it's really four or five days before that. So a better example is like what you guys were saying. Yeah. Marathon, a CrossFit competition, a kettlebell competition, a football OCR race, like something where, you know, you've pushed the boundaries, uh, you know, beyond a daily workout. And it's, can, I think either a, a big competition like that or the compounding effect of multiple workouts of you overdoing it each time. Like, for example, if you beast moded it on Monday, Tuesday, beast moded again, Wednesday, beast mode, and you have these compounding days of hammering the body mm-hmm. and you feel sore from head to toe. And in your head, you think you're doing such a great job because you feel sore from head to toe. But in reality, you're punishing the fuck out of your body and you're really not helping accelerate your results. So, someone like that, I might give an entire day off. But to be honest, I rarely ever. And I say rarely because I still do, but it's rare that I recommend to somebody a complete full day of don't do anything Laying on your back. Yeah, right. Yeah. Because ju- just the, just promoting movement, um, I think is is ideal, even for someone who's really really sore. Because you are, you're going to get the blood flowing, even though you're not doing a, a like a traditional foundational day of working out or training. Getting down and doing some mobility work and some stretching or yoga, I mean, that would be considered active recovery. And I would pretty much recommend that to anyone and everyone because I feel like not enough people, it's really who we're talking to, right? Am I training to the 
seven-day-a-week person who's addicted to lifting every single day and they CrossFit or do something super high-intensity, or am I talking to average Jane or Joe, which is the other 80% of the population? If I'm talking to average Jane or Joe, I'm encouraging them to be in the gym every single day. And if you're not doing a foundational workout like for MAPS or your whatever program you're following, then I'm telling you to do some sort of active recovery, whether it's you know, mobility focused, correctional focused, meditative focused. Like I'm telling you to try and create some sort of, you know, uh, uh, movement that's beneficial to your body every single day. I think that's ideal. Now, the only other exception to that, in my opinion, is the is the small percentage of people that are constantly flirting with overtraining because they're always pushing for either competition or they love CrossFit or these types of workouts like Orange Theory that are mm-hmm. pressing the limits of your body on a day-to-day basis. Those people I could potentially see, hey, you know, and I've done this before where I've told someone to reset for a whole week, like, hey, we need to just like... You've been hammering yourself. You've been in a low calorie deficit. You've been smashing the weights like crazy. Like, let's kind of let your body reset a little bit. But for the most part, I think mm. active recovery is kind of where we all lean. Yeah, and I and and you know when it comes to full rest days, the times that I recommend that really is to help with a with the mental component more than the physical. Right. You know, if it's if someone's super burnt out and super. Um, negative about their training uh, or they're just feeling just mentally really fatigued, that's when I'll tell someone, hey, you know what? Take the day off. Don't do anything. Mm. Like just do something you enjoy. Go watch a movie or something like that. From a physical component, because active recovery days are so moldable and I can individualize them so much, I can work around pretty much anything. And here's what you want to consider with an active recovery day. They will speed up recovery. It's not adding to even if you get injured, you find that yeah. in, in therapy, they still want to be able to mobilize like joints that have the capacity to mobilize because it, you know, it gets the, the proper circulation. It gets you know the the healing process actually speeds up. Like a study a study was just done on that. They actually just compared where somebody has an injury and the 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 joint or the area was immobilized and left to rest versus active recovery or appropriate movement mm. and the movement uh probably way faster healed the body healed the body works so much better when you move it than when you don't move it i, yeah. I give this example all the time if you took you know, if you took a, a two twins all factors being identical and you just beat their shit out of their legs with a super intense hard workout and you took one and you told one guy one of them hey listen sit down don't do anything stay on the couch for the next seven days, and then we're going to test you again. And you told the other guy, what we're going to do is trigger sessions and stretching and maybe a a focus session here or there, and then we'll test you in seven days. The person that was moving appropriately is going to have more strength and more muscle. They're going to improve much faster than the person just sitting there because regardless of what stage you are in your training and what condition your body is in, except for extreme situations, but for the most part, regardless of where it's at, Doing nothing makes your body adapt in a way that's detrimental. Well, even then, like, too, like, just breathing and, like, like you said, like, meditation, like, these types of things that get you more in a parasympathetic uh, state is so crucial, I mean, in the the recovery process. So, like, maybe you do that subconsciously by just kind of relaxing and trying to relax, like, by watching TV and sitting down. But, I mean, you can do that just from, you know, focusing on your breathing and, you know, being more mindful, moving with that. So, 
Um, you know, there's a lot of different things you you can do on these like uh, well our recovery days. All of our programs. If you don't own our programs, or if maybe you don't own all of them, this this is the how Maps is created. Like we, the idea and the theory behind this of you have these foundational days that you train, regardless of what program you're in. We have our staple workouts, and then all the op- days that are not your staple workouts are these either mobility or their focus or their trigger sessions, which is feeding right into this question as far as active recovery is we absolutely promote active recovery over full rest days. I'll t- I tell you what, it's a game changer. It's not a small thing. It's an, it is literally a game changer. If you take your workout, I don't care what workout you're doing. I don't care if you're doing a body part split, if you're doing maps, if you're doing whatever. I don't care. Take your whatever workout you're doing, and on your off days, utilize a trigger session concept. So what a trigger session is, which is in maps anabolic, is where you do four or five uh, movements, preferably with bands, but you can do them with body weight or weights, very low intensity for you know, four or five body parts should take you maybe a grand total of 10 minutes, squeeze the muscle, stretch the muscle, get a little bit of a pump, feel a little bit of a burn. You're not looking for any type of intensity and do that several times on that during that day. So if it's an off day, let's say I don't work out on Tuesday, I'm doing three trigger trigger sessions that day. Do them consistently and it is a game changer. You'll notice as the day progresses, you'll get a better pump in the muscles. As the day progresses, you'll notice your muscles recovering more effectively. And then when you go to back to your regular workout, you're going to notice faster results. It's that big of a game changer. This is what this is why I talk about cuz a lot of people will do map for example maps anabolic uh, since that's our foundational program. A lot of people will do that and they'll skip out on the trigger sessions and they're going to get great results. The programming is great. It's all phased out. It's got great workouts for the foundational workouts. Everything's great. You're going to get great results. And then I'll get people who've done it two or three times through. And then they'll say, but I, and now I finally did the trigger sessions consistently. Totally different, like yeah. game changer. So I can't stress that enough. If you're, especially if you're following a maps program, do not skimp out on those active recovery type days, whether it's trigger sessions, focus sessions, or mobility sessions. They are total game changers. If you're not doing a maps program, rather than doing a complete rest day, go to the gym or do it at home. Go super easy, super light and do active recovery on target muscles and watch what happens. I want to mention and talk about one of our sponsors, Thrive Market. Uh, I want to mention them because legit, I have been saving anywhere between $50 to $150 every single time I go shopping on their site. It's that big of a savings. And for the listeners who know me, they know that I buy organic products almost exclusively. Uh, Health is very important to me. And Thrive Market is full of, uh, that's all they sell is organic, non-GMO-based products. And the prices are anywhere between 25 to 50% lower than you'll find at a retail store. What's the longest and what's the fastest something has, has come to you now as far as being shipped over? Because like, I know it's, what do they say, one, two days is what it's- I get it in 24 two hours. Days, yeah. Oh, I get it really? in 24 hours. Yeah. Wow. 24 to 48 hours every yeah. single time. Wow. Yeah, it's very, very quick ship. And then here's the other thing that we haven't talked about much on the show that I really like. Um, it, it's it's like, you know, I call it like, you know, conscious shopping is that, you know, when you buy a membership with them, because you pay a one-time membership fee, which by the way, if you use the Mind Pump code, you, you get a lot of, you basically get it for free. But before I get into that, if you pay for a membership fee, they will donate a membership to a low-income family. 
because the the founder uh, of Thrive Market, Gunner, he grew up very poor and he couldn't eat healthy because you know organic healthy foods are more expensive. And so what they do at Thrive Market is for every membership that they have where someone pays for the membership, they'll give a free one to a family in need. So now you've got a low-income family, single parent household, whatever, that now can shop at Thrive Market, save money, and get organic non-GMO stuff delivered to them. So it's fucking awesome. But we waited a really long time to really partner up with some companies that we were excited about. And, you know, just real, Mind Pump was too small a year ago for a huge company like Thrive to come around, come along and even offer to pay us anything. And, you know, we are now in a position to where we have that opportunity. And I know it's, I, I saw somebody on the forum, like, you know, talking about, you know, Mind Pump back in the days before we had advertising. And it's like, man, if, I wish everybody understood what it took to run a business that is this large and has this many people that we're contracting and working with. And, you know, it's not cheap to be able to put out all the content that we do for free all the time. And this is one of the ways that helps fund that is be able to take sponsorships on. But one of the things that we all agreed on is we were going to run broken tight until we found people that we that, actually want to work yeah, with. Yeah, that, that they, legit message. Yeah, exactly. It's not just no, you got thrive- it's not just an awesome product. It's not just fucking rad that you save more money shopping through them and they mm-hmm. give you organic food. But the message that they have and what they're doing. 100% standby. No, Even they, if they didn't pay us money, this is the type of company that yeah, no, I would affiliate myself with. They're about, with. They're, they, they, they screen the companies that they carry for, you know, what they call fair, you know, labor. Um, they want to make sure that everything is, you know, uh, is environmentally, environment, friendly. Yeah, environmentally yeah. friendly. They donate the memberships to families in need. Mm-hmm. Um, it is the, it is one of the first companies that I can see that's really hitting all of these things and providing you with, products at lower prices which is to me it's crazy it's like how do you do both well their model just fucking works so what we do is you go to thrivemarket.com forward slash mind pump and you'll get 30 days for free you'll get 20 dollars off your first three orders of 49 dollars or more and you'll get free shipping so basically you get a free membership and you get access to all these right and plus you products. know when you sign up for a membership that somebody in need is getting hooked up with an with one also which that's is cool. it that's it right there next question taylor you gotta next, pay attention. Next question. <laughs> next question comes Glad from feet. Axe Handle fifty six oh six. Ollie lifting shoes. Why are they so popular? Is everyone just lying to themselves about their ankle mobility? Pretty yes. much. Excellent. You Pretty know much. what? So Excellent observation. I have uh, I have a couple opinions on that um, because I remember the first time that you introduced me to oh, yeah. lifting shoes, and. What, why I like them so much, and I still occasionally use them, was it allowed me to uh, drop into a squat um, deeper than I'd ever been before and actually feel really comfortable and stable. Now, of course, I know now that the, the main reason why I was not able to do that was the lack of my ankle mobility, but it did it did help me in that direction. So I think the mistake that a lot of people are making with Ollie lifting shoes is lifting all the time with Ollie lifting shoes and not using it as a a stepping stone to getting better ankle mobility. I mean, if you and th- mind you too, there's there's different people I'm communicating this to. If I'm mm-hmm. talking to somebody who competes <clears throat> and and they power lift or Olympic lift, 
then absolutely, because you can use that in a in a competition. And you're competing with them. You got to learn how right, to use them. Right. So I there's there's an advantage to doing that. It's just like how we've talked about the weightlifting weightlifting belt. If you're in a competition that allows you to use this yeah, tool, it's exactly the same. Right. It's a it's a tool now. For the average lifters, which is what's there's this craze now, and this is what always happens, right? The 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 professional uh, power lifters and ollie lifters and Olympic lifters, right? The guys that go to the uh, Olympics for for power lifting and shit. These guys are what everybody looks up to. We want to be like them, so we dress like them, right? Yeah. So we start wearing all the gear and the stuff that they're wearing. It's so you're seeing like the spandex onesies and all that. Have you seen that? Like a lot of guys will just like, I need, I'm going to squat today. They have to like wear this like spandex onesie. Yeah, they're singlet. Yeah. Right. Like you do? And, you, like you don't lift that much. And it's, it, it's, <laughs> It's like, why not the fuck you wearing that? It's it's, yeah. it's not much different than you know going out and gearing yourself up the same way all the NFL players do before they go on the field just to go play some flag football with your buddies on the weekend. You know what I'm saying? It's just a little overkill yeah, 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 yeah. for the average gym you goer. Be, you want the uniform, right? right? And I think that's what a lot of it, like it, the perception of it is like, well, all these people are using it, so they must be getting some kind of performance enhancement with this. Like it's a cool thing. It's a culture thing. Uh, so yeah, I can see like just a lot of people wanting to be cool and wear them, not really realizing, you know, mm -hmm. the, um, you know, what it's doing for their ankles and what they're actually, you know, getting the benefit wise, but also it's crutching, you know, what, what, uh, ankle mobility they, they did have so into it. this, and I remember before they became so popular, we used to see this in the gym a lot. I think you can see old videos of Arnold where they, you know, they'd be barefoot in the gym, but then they would put their heels up. Where they they'd step on plates, yeah, right? Yeah, a plate or like a wooden plate. Yeah, the, yeah. We used to have actually like a two by four or something like that, where we would just put our <laughs> heels on it and we would teach depth of, of squat with right. that. That was like a, a teaching tool. And so, if you're a just a normal gym goer and you're trying to put this together, like so, what what the ollie lifting shoes does because it's got an elevated heel. It's the same thing if you were to stand on plates or put a two by four, like Justin's saying, underneath your heels. It, it doesn't require the knee now to have to travel way over the toes because your heels are elevated. So if you understand biomechanics, what's going on is you're now allowing the... It just limits dorsiflexion. Right. Yeah. Because now when I'm all the way down in a super deep squat, it's like if I was at 90 degrees as far as the angle of my, my shin to my foot. That angle is about the same now that I have the heel elevated. So it allows you to get into a deeper squat. But what we should really do is address the lack of ankle mobility that you have and work towards being able to barefoot squat if we can. And so now, like the, I still keep my shoes. My shoes are in my bag. They travel with me wherever I go. And if it's a day that I'm going to be challenging myself PR-wise, which is rare, or I just want to see, like it's been a while since I put that much weight on my back, I'm going to use it like as a precaution. Like, okay, I want to, I haven't put over 400 pounds on my back in a while. Uh, I don't want my ankles to be the limiting factor that makes me bail on this weight. So I might put my shoes on for that one occasion and then I'll be in bare, barefoot or in flat shoes the rest yeah, of the I time. I feel like they should be used more like training wheels. Like you said, like, I mean, it's something that, you know, you can get somebody to fit, like feel what it feels like to sit comfortably in a squat. Like mm -hmm. that's great. But uh, or just like high level competition because they allow it. So it's like, you know, that's one factor, like that one part of your body, the joint that you don't have to really 
um, you know, uh, trained to to succumb like this intensive force, this 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 a lot of load on your back that's driving through your body. So, um, you know, like with the with the weight belt and everything, it just keeps you a little bit more secure there, so you can focus more on just you know the raw strength it's going to mm-hmm. take to propel you back. You're, up. you're you're just taking out the weakest links. That's yeah. what, that's what all these tools are. Is they're identifying your weakest links. Using an outside uh, crutch to uh, support this weakest link, like wrist, it's like wrist wraps uh, or a belt, no different. You know why I like squat shoes? I'll tell you why I like squat shoes. When I debate someone on the importance of uh, foot, foot control, ankle control, and foot strength, and when people say to me it doesn't make that big of a deal, I say put on some squat shoes and see how you feel. And all of a sudden they're like, whoa, I could squat so much better. And it's like, okay, that's because we've artificially given you what you should be able to have right. without those things. Right. That's the thing that's the one thing that I like about squat shoes is is they, they can help forward that particular uh, conversation but if if you have that weakest link in real life if I'm walking around in real life if I'm doing things in real life and and I don't have squat shoes and a belt on and wrist wraps and I go test myself if I'm moving something that's heavier or, or whatever yeah I'm going to hurt myself. Yeah. I'm gonna hurt myself. You won't even be able to do it. Half I won't. The time. I won't be able to do it, and because my body, uh, you know, it's gonna go to attempt yeah. to do this position or this move, and I don't have this support, and I'm gonna end up injuring my back or my ankles or whatever. For the average lifter, I mean, I think it's a. I think it's a waste of money. I, I think if you're really into working out, it's fun to play with, and you're super into working out, then that's great. If you compete with them, of course. Use them. Otherwise, there's really no. Do you guys see any? It's cool to use? have. It's like it, to me, it's the, like the belt. The belt and the shoes to me are like are, are really, really closely yeah, similar. It's like to a me. uniform, really. It, it's it, not. It, it is, and it's become that. Like it's a trendy thing to do. Like especially with like the belt right now. Like uh, you see all all the men's physique competitors walking around with with the belt on while they're doing cable exercises and stuff, which is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> and it's turned into kind of a fashion statement, right? So all these shoes have now turned into a fashion statement. They you know nike's done the metcons and you've got all the reebok crossfit shoes so it's become it's it's taken something that is a useful tool for powerlifting or olympic lifting and it's they've made it fashionable so we can thank you know nike reebok companies like this the 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 science behind it is no different than what Arnold was doing back in the days when he's put his his heels on a two by four. So the understanding of biomechanics has been around forever, and we understand why that makes it easier for you to get down to a squat. But at the end of the day, you're you're crutching yourself, and the same thing goes for the belt. The belt, we want to be able to internally be able to flex and squeeze our core to support our spine. We don't want to have to use an external tool to do that. Mm-hmm. But if you are in a competition where they allow those tools and those tools do give you a slight edge, then it makes total sense why you would do that. It's like, listen, you're competing, you're trying to, and what's happened because we've got, we've this last like five or 10 years, we've become very PR hungry. Like I, as an early yeah. trainer 15 years ago plus, I we I never even heard of I didn't even know what oh, a PR, I know. That's CrossFit though, like really. P, PR didn't even exist yeah. it was no one really talked about that it's become such a crave now to be chasing this and I get it like you know if we're in if we are hitting PRs we're getting stronger and more than likely we're building muscle and so it's a great measure of that 
but I think it's become so important and so ingrained into our fitness culture now that it's doing more harm than it is good. And I see cause big problems, right? It's causing injury. It's causing people to use all these tools just to reach PRs. When it's like really, I mean, if you're not functionally strong, it's, just, it's one of those things. It's like uh, if you never used a weight belt before and you deadlift and you're the most yeah. you ever do is 400 pounds. And then you put one on, you learn how to use it. Now you did 415 or 420. You get to say, my PR went up by 20 you're pounds. You're reinforcing compensatory patterns. Like you're just, you're just perpetuating this problem that you're, you're like you have. So it's like, cool. You know, you're compensating. Like mm-hmm. a cool story. Show me what you can do without all that shit. Right, right. And yeah. I, I guess that's where it's, you know, to each their own and it's different. It just depends on... Um, you know what that person's goals are. Maybe they are getting going to be competing one day, and so they want to get good at using those tools. But I think people should know if you're you're an average gym goer, your goal should definitely not be to wear a belt, to not wear shoes, to not have to have to wear wrist wraps or any of those things. But it doesn't mean too that like you you can't intermittently use them within your routine because I understand that too. There's you'll see me pull my shoes out every once in a while. You'll see me pull out wrist wraps every once in a while. But you better believe that I'm I'm getting my training in to make sure that I'm not losing mobility in my ankles. It's more for me as a day that I'm going to go hit a PR. And it's exactly for that reason. It's like, I, I know I can probably squeeze out an extra 15, 20 pounds if I've got my belt and I've got my shoes on for sure. And that's purely an ego driven thing. It's not, I'm not going to build any more muscle that one day. It's so I could literally say, Hey, I squatted 400 some pounds today. Hey, I deadlifted X amount of pounds today. So I think being aware of that is the, the, the step, right? That's the main thing is like, if you're aware of that's how you're using it, it's okay. Don't get caught up in doing it because everybody else is doing it, and this is something I should do on a regular basis. All right, next question comes from Focus Fitness for Life. What are your thoughts on sexual fitness, such as through Jayama or Kim Anami? Anami. So I looked those people up. Thank God, because I have no idea. What <laughs> I didn't know what they were either. So, yeah, so what I is looked the about sexual fitness. So these are so the, these two people that they refer are. I like, love how you pick questions that neither yeah. one adjusts. Well, no, no. That's well, like, the two people we don't know about thrusting cardio. I figure we could comment about sexual fitness because we're experts on everything. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so the two people are they're like sexologists. These are like oh, expert, self-proclaimed my, my favorite people. So the first person, Jaya Ma, I looked her up, and I guess she talks a lot about the. What does she call them? The five archetypes of sexuality. You want to hear what they are? Yes, yes I do. This is very Please, interesting. Uh, Actually, yes. this is very interesting. So these are the way that people uh, are turned on, like the different types of people and how what what gets them in the mood or whatever. Mm. So the first archetype is the energetic archetype. They're turned on by space, tease, and anticipation. Anticipation. Then there's the sensual one, who's turned on by comfort, relaxation and all the senses being ignited. Then there's the sexual one who's turned on by nudity and flat-out sexual intercourse. Then there's the kinky person who's turned on by the taboo and power play. And then the shapeshifter who can be turned on by all of the above. I was just going to say, shapeshifter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, self-proclaimed. I'm turned on right now. It's kind of like, so this is like, uh, is she? did she write a book? Is there a yeah, book? I guess she wrote a book on it, but it sounds so this is fascinating, like, uh, right? This is like the love languages of sex then, right? Kind so, of. So, you know, the way Well, let me ask you own. guys. Let me ask you guys this. Do you guys, does one of those resonate with you more than the other? The last one. The kinky? 
No, the, no, the shapeshifter. It's the shifter. Yeah. yeah well, yeah, but I mean, what a mold to the energy that's uh, there. Right? You're basically always ready to rock and roll. Uh, however. Well, how whenever. about your how about your girls? Like, which one? Because I know women tend to be a little more specific, or at least that's the stereotype. It, right? I think it, yeah, it's the one that's the comfort one. I think. That's, oh yeah, yeah. we're uh, the I sensual. I find that one a lot. Yeah, she it's has to relax. be like you got to control the environment and mm-hmm. everything. And throw some, just throw some nudity in front of my girl. She's good to go. My, oh, yeah. <laughs> my girl's the same way, bro. No way. It's easy. That's right. All you gotta do is walk around. Why has to be all subtle? Like it's like. Like all this subtle stuff. You have to be on. like a like yeah. a ninja. I totally. I'm 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 a professional now. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other girl. Uh, what's her name? God, what is that? What is that girl's name? Uh, Kim Kim Anami. Yeah, Kim Anami. Let me look her up again. So she does these uh, these exercises for her vagina. Oh, she, I saw her. Just the Kegler. Yeah. So look, look what she's hanging. She hangs like weights onto oh, her pussy. Oh, oh wow. Yeah, yeah. So she puts. We actually invited her on the show a long time ago. So, we did. Yeah, like she's two years ago. Using that we all did. to, to I'll reach out it to in her. There. Well, so these pelvic floor muscles. Taylor's rolling his eyes right now, but I'm telling you right now, dude, this would be a great guest. I yeah. think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the, these pelvic floor muscles are. What very a punk important. you feel like, Taylor, when she can curl more with her pussy than you can with your bicep. <laughs> <laughs> she's just dead, she's, dead she's, lifting. She's doing. She's like, doing pussy curls like fucking more than pounds. you can bicep curl. Well, uh, so this is important. Uh, Actually, this is very that important. Is strong. This vagina. is very important to talk about because we have some female listeners who've had children, and there's nobody. Vaginas. Nobody talks about the pelvic floor muscles yeah, man. and how how they become uh, atrophy because of the childbirth process and having children. And then after having kids, all of a sudden, if they laugh or sneeze or run, right. they pee themselves. You guys trained a lot of- it's like uh, a hot dog in the hallway. You no, guys, you know oh, my I mean? God. Thanks, Justin. Yeah, no. you, you guys have no, had a lot no, of female no, no. clients. I've, I've, had, I've actually had lots of uh, women in their 50s plus that have had three, four plus children. And they can't run, right? And anything. if I had- the, I used to- It was crazy. Yeah, if I had them jacks. do jump ja- mm-hmm. jumping jacks or yep. jump boxes- they would literally pee themselves, and they would have to go to the restroom, and it was a very common thing that yeah. it, that that would happen. So, uh, yeah, no, this is very, very. I wish I knew what I know now, though, to like how to kind of educate them on how to take care of themselves so they don't have that issue. Because yeah. a lot of them, and I remember the first time I came across it, I was just like, oh shit, like is that normal? Mm-hmm. And then another one, and then another one. Then I realized, like, oh, this is more common. Than I, than I realized, and I wish, because I remember when it happened to me early on, the first client that was like this was in my early 20s, and I just didn't, I was just like, oh shit, she must just have an issue that I'm not familiar with, and it wasn't until I trained several clients later that have, bo- that have all been- Very, very common. Yeah, been, been had m- multiple children in their in advanced age that have this condition, and it's for that exact reason. Now- what is uh, obviously stringing a coconut from your vagina is the progression, <laughs> is the progression to this, and I don't recommend all women should string coconuts from their their clitoris. Pussy push, pussy pull. But it's not the clitoris actually. It goes like, in. Like what's the, the, the actually, planned uh, programming? They actually. They, so what she does is she tells women to. I think she sells a device where you put it in, and, and then, then you, you squeeze around it. it. Yeah, right, you right. squeeze around like beads, it. like a bead or whatever. Like yeah, that. and then she can attach weight to it to get that, those muscles stronger. Wow. Those are very important muscles. They're also important, believe it or not. They do play a small role in core stabilization. So keeping those weak and then strengthening your core and doing other stuff, like you're missing a small piece. So one of the easiest way to exercise it is to literally squeeze and lift like you're sitting there and you're just trying to squeeze like you're trying to stop yourself from urinating that that those are the muscles that that do that to squeeze and hold to create tension there and to strengthen those so that's that's what she talks a lot about but the other woman's talking more about sexual fitness in terms of 
just, you know, working on that with your partner or talking about those things or, you know, your relationship with your partner and stuff like that. Well, I and mean, we, and I, I, the, you know, what's fascinating about this is when we think of, you know, when we think of health, when we think of total health, we tend to separate things into categories, right? Mm-hmm. Physical health, emotional health, mental health, like, and if you, if you're sick in one of those areas, you go see a specialist for that specific area. Like I have anxiety. They all work together. Not only are they all together, but it's the, it's the myth of separation. The human organism is one. It's one thing. And if one piece of it is off, then the rest of the organism tries to adapt and change to compensate for that one thing that is off. And that includes Set your the, your sexual health. Mm-hmm. If if you're fit- well, think about it when you when you are physically healthy, right? When you're physically health healthy, normally your sexual your sex drive is up and your sexual Hormones are balanced, right? Yeah. That that's doing every one of your systems is benefiting from that. And when it's down, all of them are suffering, and some yeah. more than others. And we're all genetically a little different. Like some people, their fitness health, right? affects their mental, spiritual, and sexual health mm-hmm. more than others, but absolutely they're all connected and work together, and it's just a matter of how much it affects. Yeah, I just remember, like, Paul Check, like, we, we kept, like, he kept reiterating, and, and their dick doesn't go up anymore, you know, and he just kept, like, reiterating that, <laughs> and I'm just like, why is he hammering that so much? And it's just like, it's true, though, like, when, when your body's out of whack and out of sync with all these different factors, like, it will, like, a, a lot of times, like, like, that could affect your sexual performance and all these things are related. So it why can, not talk about but it? But we also think of sexual health as when that when when other things are off, then your sexual health goes down. But if you don't exercise your sexual health, it, health it can also influence the other stuff. Absolutely. So sure. if if you're not having good sexual relations with another person or with yourself or you're repressed in any particular way in those areas. Or inanimate it objects. Can, yeah, yeah. It can influence your physical health, your emotional health, and your mental health. It is a part of it is a small piece of this large pie called the human organism. And it's important to consider all of this stuff. It's very, very important. And I I love that I'm learning a lot about it now. I wish look, you know, I'll tell you what, when it comes to sexual health, let's go back. Let's go back to when we were kids. Here was an area that was sorely lacking in my upbringing. We didn't talk about sex at all. Mm. And, it, and I, it definitely impacted my sexual health as an adult to where I had to erase a lot of stuff that I had thought. I had to kind of develop my own you know, uh, you know, know, thoughts around it as an adult because as a kid, it was so taboo. We didn't talk about it. Nobody talked about it. So now as a parent with my kids, and I know it's an important piece of being healthy. I mean, I had this conversation with my you know, with my son, cause now he's in the, you know, he's doing the sex ed and we're going to talk about things like masturbation and health and why it's good for you and why these things are not bad and whatever. Like it's all, it's all a piece of it. And it's, it's very, very important. I Can would you, love to have a sex expert. On well, the show. I, I would too. Mm. Can you think of some things that you guys apply right now, like in, in terms of sexual fitness to make sure that that part of your life stays healthy, like you, the same way that we talk about our exercise and making sure that our body stays healthy because we train it, we build muscle, we we burn body fat, we live in a you know caloric deficit for half the time and then a surplus in the other, and we rotate our food. We do all these things for our our internal health and fitness and our body externally. 
what are you guys doing uh, to keep your sexual fitness alive and with your partners? Are there things that you have implemented in your lifestyle or is that an area that may be neglected that you guys don't talk and spend a lot of time on? So at the moment, I, it's not uh, something that I need to place focus on because it's so we're so connected on that level that the sexual fitness between me and my girlfriend is so or health or whatever is so good because we're so open. We talk, you know, about whatever we want. We're so connected. We make time for each other. But in my in my in the past, you know, in my marriage. Um, it was especially towards the you know the end there. It was it was absolutely terrible, mm. and some things I think would have helped would have been uh, to maybe you know and, and this is obviously hindsight's twenty twenty. So I can look back and think, oh, this would have totally helped at the moment. I, I would have never thought of this, but I I wish we had scheduled time to just lay just lay down, cuddle, and talk with no expectations. Because I think with, uh, especially at the time with my ex, she made it felt like, oh, if we're going to do that, there's pressure to have sex. So then she's going to be like, that's going to add anxiety and stretch the whole situation because she's Mm -hmm. so stressed out. Mm -hmm. You know, she was a very stressed out individual with life and everything. So that might have been something that would have been beneficial where I said, hey, look, why don't we schedule this time? We're just going to lay down, cuddle and talk and there's no expectations. And I'll I'll, I'll place the the ball in your court and I'm not going to be disappointed or whatever if nothing happens. And that could have contributed, I think, in a positive way. Yeah. I think it, uh, I mean, this is something that we've addressed multiple times and, and just after having kids and like the change of chemistry and, and the way that, um, you know, the perception of sex and, and kind of my expectations and all that kind of stuff, we went through like different, like highs and lows with that and like uh, maintain like really good communication throughout the, the process, which, definitely helped to get us back kind of more in a in a place where we realized i mean going through that whole process like the the body's changed the body's changed the hormones have changed like all this stuff and like now kind of getting back to making ourselves both both our, our ourselves more healthy as far as um stress levels as far as like you know like thyroid these things that we're finding that um uh you know we could we could improve holistically um then you know just naturally like uh, it just it just tends to just happen like like you get these feelings again and like the connectivity becomes um uh you know deeper again and it's it, it's interesting because like yeah, for me obviously it's like I don't want to put the expectation like you know like her perception was different because it's like I'm I'm more the the aggressor right I'm I'm out there to like you know like I'm like yeah like my 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 form of of love is very physical you know and uh and so I had to kind of check myself on that and be like look you know let's let's create a different environment let's not be so like you know have this like energy about me like walking in and like stressing her the hell out with with you know my all my like crazy energy and uh so I I had to like really work on that and figure that out and uh, it's really helped. And, and this is something that like now we're kind of in a place where I, I understand kind of the, the, the sequence, the cadence, like what, you know, I need to do contr- like contribution wise at the house, you know, how I need to offload a lot of stress, you know, that's weighing her down, like all these different things. Like it's a, you know, it's a communication, it's a push pull and it's, it's getting better and better. So the, it's just, it, that's all part of number it. Number one killer for, for sexual health is stress. Yeah. I mean, Stress will just, it'll kill me 100%. If I'm in stressed out, like that's the last thing on my mind. And it's like, if I handle my stress, then it's not a big deal. Everything's mm-hmm. cool. 
Is there things that you guys do though to to make sure that like you I'm sure the last year that we've had all this stuff going on has there been things that you guys have seen that has stressed the relationship that it, that you're now more aware of and so you've put things into practice like hey when when this happens, we need to do this or, you know, or, or are there things too that maybe make uh, your guys' ladies uh, insecure or jealous or frustrated with you with something like that? And so you know how to combat that so it doesn't affect your guys' sexual relationship. Conversation is, is, is the best for us. It definitely for me. So if I'm stressed out, if I'm really, really stressed out, um, it's, if I can talk about it, that usually will lead to arousal for me for whatever reason. Like as I'm talking about the stress and I'm relieving it, it's like this release and now I'm feeling really good and then it turns into sexual energy many, many, many times. If I don't talk about it with the other person, then it just stays there. Mm -hmm. So conversation is so important and we do that. Uh, I, I mean, I'm happy to say that most nights we spend at least... 30 minutes to an hour where we just talk. We just, we, everything's off and we're just having great conversation. Mm -hmm. Do you have to, do you have to prime yeah. that at all? Is there any priming to that? Or do you just naturally just kind of flow into that? Like we, it's, it's, it's like a routine for us. Like we yeah. do it at night, yeah, at I, night before bed. Uh, yeah. And on top of that, like, I think, um, you know, understanding how we're spending our time, you know, after like the kids go to sleep, it's like, we get this little window and like a lot of times it gets interrupted because during the week she'll work. And uh, works from like two till till midnight or whatever, and so it's like okay, there's like two or three times a week I don't even see her, and so just to now like the new schedule kind of forced us to, um, you know, shut down TV, shut down these, and we just sit there and like either some music's on or whatever, but we're like I'm literally just engaging in conversation and trying to focus completely on you know what she has to say and, and what uh, you know the, the conversation itself. Definitely, you could feel like that connectivity coming back, and that that definitely feeds back into you know the sex and all that stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, you go to the go to the naked uh, spa. That's great for that. It it just is. <laughs> it's really it's really good for that if you go with your. Who's all the older. old men? Let's be honest. It's and it has nothing more to do than just it's like you just feel like uh, what's the word? Uh, the taboo is gone of walking around that way or whatever and being around other people. And then all of a sudden you just feel alive. Well, I think that has to do with you completely letting your guard down. Since if we look at the evolution of man and, and clothes and why we started to clothe ourselves, like that's all insecurity driven and that it's marketed to us that we need to wear these things and that we keep up every, every week is a new fashion. And it's, a new thing. it's funny too. Cause if you look up uh, like hunter gatherers, modern hunter gatherers, even those that live in really hot climates, People walk around naked for the most part, but the men always cover their men's genitalia is almost always covered. Yeah. It's not we common. Bug bites. Yeah, it's yeah. not common to walk around with your dick hanging around, yeah. uh, hanging out. And the reason is because it is such a visible. There's su it's such a visible sign of arousal when a man gets aroused that it makes sense that they would want to cover that. You know what I'm saying? Could you imagine the? I, I could just imagine the trouble that would cause if you're with your... There's a lot of sword fighting. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? Maybe. Yeah. Next question. Yeah. Okay, last question comes from Dennis Wayne. If you guys had the choice to be on a reality TV show, which one would you choose? God. <laughs> reality TV. You know it would be great? Hmm. If, uh, if, if uh, Adam was single, and that's not the great part because I love Katrina, <laughs> but let's say he was single 
if he was on The Bachelor. Yeah. Oh Seduction my. Island. Oh, oh my God, God bro. We that already, would be so that? great. What was that one? Temptation Island. We oh, already had, yeah. We already had our buddy who's been on that. Ben, ben Zorn, Zorn did his uh, did that. I you know, and I don't know. After talking to him, yeah. Uh, I don't know if I would I would ever do a reality TV show. It for, feels like it's a one way street to 15 minutes of fame and then you're done. It feels like right. Yeah, no. It, I remember running into um, what's his face from J- Jersey Shore. Who's the loud one? Polly. Polly. Oh, oh, was it Polly? Yeah, we uh, or not Polly. The other one. Um, Mike. The yeah, Mike. Yeah, the situation. situation. Thank situation. you. Situation. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Just. Fucked up. I mean, he was on all kinds of drugs. What? And, Where was this? In Vegas, he was coming. At, he was actually getting thrown out of the club, and I was. I believe it was Hakkasan. I was on my way into, and they were and they were dragging him out. And uh, you could just. I mean, he just looked just messed up, like really, really bad. And I feel like that's what happens to a lot of these like reality stars because before that, like you weren't like a real actor. It wasn't like something you were pursuing, you know, no. a career into like acting and you're really passionate you're just about like it. just like a professional partier well, or something. What you, you normally what happens is, you know, whoever's creating this reality show has this this characters that they're looking for. Right. And when you start like a, you know, Jersey Shore with that, like they they looked for guys and girls that were going to fit this show. Right. And then they feed it too. I'm sure. Right. Exactly. And then they then they put them in situations that are going to feed the drama and and they create that. And I would never want to be a part of that. Like you could not pay me enough, I think, to do. Well, I take that back. Everyone has a number. Well, it's not (laughs) real. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. If you paid me fuck you money to do, which no one does. The whole point of reality TV shows and why they're such a money maker is because you can get away with paying somebody hardly anything because they want to be free. Yeah, right. No, exactly. Because they want to be famous so bad that you can get away with paying them nothing to pretty much get on a show and act a fool of themselves. So I have never, and I've dated girls that, that had this desire to be celebrity so bad. I've never been starstruck. I've never cared about that. I'd much rather be the guy who's worth millions of dollars and you have no idea who I am than the guy who's not worth very much money, but everybody knows who I am because I'm Mr. Popular. Yeah, yeah. Well, what about, I mean, so if you actually have talent and you actually have goals in business, just like you started your Instagram account, right? And you actually are business-minded about it. I feel like there's a way that if you orchestrate that ahead of time and like you're actually known for like what you're going in it, uh, mm-hmm. With you might have a chance. I mean, that might be no. Something. You're. I think you're. I think you're right. If if you have some, let's you use can, dude. let's you, use Ben for that example, yeah. right? And, and I think Ben even went on this most recent one uh, again with that same attitude. And what what we've seen is it's not translating into dollars for him whatsoever. And so I think you got to ask yourself that. If you go into a reality show, you're at the mercy of the one who's the guy who's director. Yeah, yeah, the producer and the director. Mm-hmm. So if I have my own agenda that, hey, I'm going to build this fitness company and I'm going to go on this new fitness reality show that's out there. Mm-hmm. And then I find out they've scripted me to basically be the guy who fucks all the girls on the show and creates drama and I'm getting shit thrown at me all the time. Like, yeah. is that going to pivot to my fitness dreams that I was really trying to do? Or am I going to become the well, douchebag on TV yeah, who fucks all the girls? You say that. Yeah. Cause uh, I mean, look at biggest loser and like America's toughest trainer or whatever. It's just like, that's pure marketing. Like the, 
the director and, and whoever just like kind of created this this persona mm-hmm. of like these these trainers and they got their own celebrity with it. Some ran with it. Some you know that's were a good burned ex- by it. That's a good example because I think Jillian Michaels. If it wasn't for Biggest Loser, I think oh, she's I took a, off her. She's yeah. a terrible trainer. You know, let's be honest. I mean, you said it. Let's yeah. No, I'll yeah. say it. Yeah. And yeah. I know she has a I'll podcast right now. She's yeah. sorry. You know, what I'm saying they're. Uh, her you know, you know. It's funny. She's actually. I, I've seen some stuff that she's written written recently. It looks like she's starting to get better. Because yeah. in the early well, days, well, I would there. I would hope so. She's now been a trainer for God knows how many years. But I know when she, they first put her on oh, Biggest Loser, uh, I definitely know her, her. She was a character. Yeah, her experience, her education. Well, she's a brand now. I mean, she's on like everything. Like, right. She's put her face on it. So it, it definitely worked out to her benefit for it's sure. Gotta, it's got to it's got to work if you want to turn it into a, a business but, because like like the Bachelor, like you're on the Bachelor. What can you do with that now, business wise? Nothing. What can you do? Maybe you could write a book on relationships. Maybe yeah, something like you'd have to. It would have to translate like, Mm -hmm. or maybe sell like clothing or makeup. I know a lot of these female uh, reality stars. Then will sell makeup and they'll do okay. And you got to be really good at what you're doing. But here's the thing: you got to consider. You get typecasts with regular shows. So you, if you play Superman on a TV show and that's what you do, then you you tend to get typecast with reality shows. The typecast is even work because worse because people assume that's who you are. Right. Yeah. So now you're the fucking douchebag party guy, or you're the girl and that they, whatever. Hundred percent. If you yeah. if and people, that's in real life, you try if, and get a job or anything. If I know. people are not aware of this, like they fully script even reality shows. Reality shows are not just turn the cameras on and let people do what they ben want to do. was telling me, like, even on one of the, like, so the first meeting, like, everybody's there to have this big, like, dinner, all this stuff, they're filming it, and they're getting reactions. They literally had to, like, the next day, wear the same exact thing. Do it all over again. Do the same exact thing, all because they didn't get enough shots. Right. So they had to recreate that entire thing all over yeah, again. Yeah, and then they and then they cut and edit. Yeah. So you can easily, I mean, God, think of all the things I've said on this show. You could easily take little one sentences out of a, a whole paragraph of something I'm yeah, talking about and really nice. make me look like a piece of shit because <laughs> you didn't let me finish my sentence. Well, they do that in in, in reality shows is yeah. they, you know, they prod them, they stick them in situations, they take out pieces that are going to shape the character mm-hmm. that they're trying to create. And it's a fucking, now, here, I, you can never catch me. Here's my answer to this. If I had the choice to be on a reality show, I would be on my reality show. That's the one I would choose. And, and, and no, and I'll tell you, the fuck is, that's not a real show. That's the stupidest like, answer I no, ever let's heard. Get, let's get a real show <laughs> after this. It's after this stu- answer, why don't you let me finish? I know. Go ahead. Let me, let me make my own rules up here. You, you Ed, T- Ed TV, right? It's Wasn't my, that the? Right? Uh, it's my sh- the Truman Show. Hey, it's our fucking podcast. I can make up my own rules. <laughs> No, I'll tell you, it's a reality show. I would, I would nice. do a reality show, okay. and I'm in charge. I, I produce it, yeah, I listen, direct it. Listen, yeah. it, it's it's fa- it's phenomenal. What does what does Trump say for long or whatever? Yeah. Here's what I would do. Uh, I would like to do. I would do a reality show where we go into gyms and we fucking turn them around in a month. That yeah. would be a great reality show. Gym rescue would, or something, and it would like only that. bolster uh, our authority in our space. It would only show what we can do. You and know, I think it would be that, compelling. That would be fun. That would yeah, be fun. Think about that. We've, we walk into a gym and discussed, we take over. We've yeah. discussed this, right? And here's the, here's the problem with it. And part of the reason why I think we haven't fully pursued it is once you go down that, it's it's a fucking rabbit hole, right? It's inevitable. Even if like the first four or five shows, everyone's like, oh, this is really cool. And after four or five shows, 
it's over. It's the same thing. It's not cool anymore to any, to us. It's cool because we're going in, we're flipping gyms, and it's what we love to do. And yet, but for entertainment purposes, yeah. it's dead unless we're creating false drama. Yeah, drama where like somebody's we throwing go, up. Right, we go in to flip the gym, and the we find room. out the the general manager is fucking all the trainers. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. And we have to go in, and you we go like it way spicy. Right. It's, yeah. If it's not, if it's not well, soap opera like, let me ask you this: it won't if, feed the loop. Well, let me ask you this: if we walked into ten gyms that need to be turned around do we really need to create drama i think it's there come well, on we've worked in enough so, gyms okay, again so you're uh, right america says yes you're yeah, it, you know, it is there all gyms bro. it is there but after we go and flip one gym and we put everybody's fucking business on front street what gym's gonna let us in the next time to go do that to them like i don't right? know the restaurants do it with the with the restaurant takeover yeah but see, that's the same thing though that's all orchestrated right ahead of time right yeah. so they 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 make it like extra dirty they add all these like bugs and shit like i i know i remember talking to somebody that was like attached to that and here's were, the like, deal about the here's whole, the deal your idea of it being your your you would be a bad reality producer. You just yeah. wouldn't know how to do it. You too, wouldn't know it's too real. It's you, boring. You only you and everyone close to you would think your show is cool mm. because it's about you and it just feeds that I narcissism. Think other people think here's one. Cool. I, I would like to be on the sharks. <laughs> yeah. uh, that would be fun. Just to just to get in front of you the know, shark Mark Cuban. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I know the same thing with that. That's all orchestrated. They hand select all these people. You know, they reach out to them and they make sure they give them a script and everything to follow. Dude, I remember watching American Idol, which is a brilliant. By the way, one of the most brilliant, uh, you know, shows ever because they knew that they would sell records for whoever won because you followed them on their journey. But I watch it, and then they'd have these shitty singers go in front of you know Paul Abdul and Simon and you know whatever. And I, for a split second, I remember thinking like, oh man, those people really suck. This is terrible. And then I'm like, wait a minute, like thousands of people are waiting to get in line. There's, they, they can't see everybody. And I'm like, oh, they're purposely picking shitty people. Yeah. Like the purpose of like, oh, you should go. Yeah, they need contrast. The, yeah, in front yeah. of the judges. And they're like, right. yeah. Right. It's not the 30 best singers of the 300,000 they met. It's about 15 they want the story. of the, It's about 10 or 15 that they already know are going to be the final 10. Yeah. And then the rest are fillers for drama That's that it. are going to be made fun of and they're going to be yeah. hilarious or have an attitude or do something crazy. Dang. like. Yeah, I know. Is there a reality yeah. show that you would be on if you had to pick one? There if isn't. Absolutely had to pick I one. I don't I you know uh 16 and pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Don't do. You're out. God. Sorry, you're eight, you're aged out of that <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, we hope so. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. That's the oh, only I one that I I remember I told you I watch when I'm sick, but yeah. I uh, there's no reality show. I never wanted to be on one and maybe it was because as they we were part of the the generation of these, Oh, the real right? world yeah. on MTV. That yeah. was the first one. Right. So Puck. this is Remember Puck? Right. So, I mean, technically yeah. in if you're being technical, the first re- true reality show is Cops. But moving beyond that would be re- real world, road what rules. What are you going to do? Yeah, right. Go in that what direction. So yeah. we were part of the generation that saw this. And I never, I, I got sucked into him as a kid. Like I watched the real world when I was a kid, but I don't, I never was like, oh, I would love to be it on just, one. It doesn't make sense to me to have. I'm not attracted to drama. Did it, you see now they have like re- the real world, but like they have to like have 90s technology and like, oh my God, what can we do? Oh no. Like they I, take away their phones, no social media. And like these people are just like. Uh, I saw a commercial for it, and I was just like, "What the hell is this?" Oh wow! Bro. No, yeah. I have not. Yeah. I have not checked out what those oh, are like brother. now. I like Naked and Afraid. Yeah, that one's pretty. That I don't even know what fun. that is. So they Naked take Afraid's great, bro. They take two people who, and they'll drop them in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, the bum fuck. Naked. Yeah, they Literally. have no clothes on them. 
and they have like minimal things that they can work with. Yeah. I don't like they'll give them like they a, get to pick like one item, like one item. Yeah, and but I mean. It's harsh, bro. So it's like a knife or underwear. What do I want? Yeah, right. It's, Fuck knife. It's harsh. Yeah. They have to build. Stru- they have to build their own structure. So this is like. To- have you guys seen uh, Alone? Mm-hmm. So Alone is like that. Where and- that's the more hardcore version. That's like the more real version. Yeah, that's yeah. super this hardcore. It's like man versus wild, but it's competitive, right? So they yeah. drop ten people on some remote island. And what's somewhere. the prize? I don't even remember. I think they win a million dollars. Oh well, that's not bad. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, I don't understand people that want fame. Without money, or do you know what I mean? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, fame without like no. success. Like, What's crazy that. is more people than you think. It's yeah. extreme. It's all I, ego, and it's stupid. It, it's not what you want. It's, it's what we. See. I mean, you know, it's no different than watching what I what I watch on Instagram all the time, which fascinates me. These people that will they will promote somebody else's brand. You know, knowing damn well they're probably not going to make hardly any money, but it's just to say that they're attached to this brand and get some free t-shirts or free supplements and it's it's such a win for the companies and it's such it's the dumbest thing you can do and i know i'm probably offending quite a few people that are listening to this right now that do that it's like what are you doing like if you if you care about building yourself or building your own brand or making a legitimate business you tying yourself to a, a company and making 10% or 20% commission or some free su- some supplements. Free bottles that you sell yeah, it's like, but people want to attach themselves to this brand to say that they're a sponsored athlete. And it's yeah. beautiful because the companies play right into that and they do that. It's the same thing with these reality shows. So many kids want to be, get their 15 minutes of fame that these brilliant companies are like, this is great. Let's find six mm-hmm. defun- dysfunctional kids that want to be on sh- shows so bad that all we have to do is pay them $10,000 that we normally have to pay $10 million for actors to actually do this, this same thing. And more people will tune in because Ridiculous. they'll be idiots. Go to mind pump TV on YouTube we post new videos every single day. You got to see the one that's up right now with Justin. It's pretty hilarious. I'm half naked. Also, if you go to mindpumpmedia.com, we got 30 days of coaching. It's available for free. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.